Welcome to the show, Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. I am really excited to have Alejandro Bratti on the phone, on the show today. Welcome to the show, Alejandro. Thank you, Ruth. This is amazing to be with you today. <laughs> so, for those that don't know Alejandro, he is um, he has business owners and entrepreneurs hire him to ignite a big vision for big impact because most have gaps in their systems, strategies, and profits to grow and scale. Alejandro helps them capitalize, maximize, and magnetize their business to generate predictable results, success, and income. And he's the go-to specialist in helping them optimize their processes, um, first in your mind and then in your business. And obviously, make no mistake, the mind is the key to more leads, improving conversion rates, increased revenues and profits. And his training allows you to create balanced success. So, wow, that's, that's just amazing. It's something that people really need in today's world. So. No, and it's very similar to what you are doing also at the end, uh, because trying to unchain the pains that we have from the past and the things that have been affecting us, it's exactly the same thing that is happening with the business owners and, and entrepreneurs. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here with you. Yeah, and I know we have a, both a similar background in terms of training as brain health coaches. So I'm really excited to dive into your journey in the context of brain health. But before we do, um, what are you passionate in life uh, about in life right now? I I can say that a lot of things, but starting with my kids, I have a, a very good family, two little kids, one of four and another one of two. Uh, they are amazing and they are in the crazy times that they are doing <laughs> crazy things the whole day. Uh, so. It's enjoying their mood. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes they are fighting between each other. <laughs> but it's it's that time of the, the their age that you you can enjoy them a lot and and have fun with them. Yeah, and you know I'm really with you on that because my daughter Lily, she's three and a half, and uh, every day they seem to wake up a slightly different child. <laughs> Uh, because exactly. the brain has developed and you're never quite sure what child you're going to get in the morning. <laughs> exactly. You are looking like, are they going to sleep well the whole night and they're going to allow me to have a good night or not? And you know that in brain health, that is key. Having a good sleeping time is key. But when you have two kids that they are going through different stages, uh, that changes. And, and that's something that we need to adjust. <laughs> we do, we do. And sometimes it's really difficult. My daughter actually said to me the other day, when we just come back from holiday, and she said, Mummy, Mummy, you're going to be really, really, really impressed if I sleep all the way through the night. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, well, yes, I will be. <laughs> show me, show me, please show me. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. She actually did. It was one of the first night, like the first night back in the house. She didn't Ooh. actually wake up and go, "Mummy, help me put my covers back on." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. um, so I know you've had a really interesting journey in the context of brain health and your life experiences. What what is optimal brain health mean for you personally in the in the context of your life's journey so far? For me, brain health. I didn't, I know, you know that talking about the, your brain is something that it's very difficult to, to understand because it's like, okay, maybe I know because I have a headache or maybe I know because that's the way I think and everything. But sometimes uh, not thinking about your brain as the most important organ and is the organ that is allowing all the body to be in the right way and working the right way and everything. So that for me was amazing when I started to to learn and 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 do all the things with uh, Dr. Amen was was amazing because really for me was like a like eye opening to start to see uh, how the brain is so important and just yeah. because we don't see it and we don't feel it we don't take care of of it you know like we are thinking maybe the stomach is is very easy to know that I have um, some bloating or I have some something wrong and I can be like oh yeah my stomach is hurting but my brain is is not that easy 
Maybe no, our headache is the only one. Directly, but... does it? So it's our brain second. doesn't actually tell us we're hurting. It expresses it in a secondary way through either through our skin in terms of our skin. We, you know, we exhibit um, markers of stress and um, that our brain is under stress by you know for me personally I, i'll get um dry skin is a mm. classic sign of stress for me or, or ulcers in the mouth or it'll express it in terms of our gut being upset but it doesn't tell us directly um because we don't feel the pain directly yeah. Yeah. in our head that our brain is in trouble yeah and that's why for me, because I started like being a business coach and that was something that I was really passionate about. And even when you saw uh, in my, what we were talking about myself, but moving from there, I started to, to look for other options. Like, okay, what is happening? Uh, why I am not doing exactly the same thing that I am supposed to be doing, even when I know what to do and what are the steps that I need to take. And that's where, when you start to enter the, world of brain health and like neuroencoding to know really that that is something that you need to your mindset is key in everything that you are doing in the physical world and in the non-physical world like when you are starting to think like okay i want to visualize something different if your brain is not right nothing is really going to work very well so that yeah. that, is, that was for me like wow i want to learn more of this i want to become yeah help people yeah. to understand this and after two and a half years maybe of being like close uh, and trying to be afraid of everything uh, trying not to connect with other people because they are maybe with the virus and and you are thinking about all those those things and it's like that was affecting directly to our brains yeah yeah and you know i think it's you know people forget that we talk a lot about mindset but our mindset is the software but our brain contains the hardware and the software. And if the hardware isn't working right, the software is not going to work right either. So it's really important that we take the time, you know, in the context of mindset to understand how we are wired from a hardware perspective in our brain, how our operating system is working and what operating system we have running, and then making sure that mindset wise we are creating the right programs and we're downloading or uploading the right programs in our mind for us to perform the functions that we need to perform and that's what that's learned through skills which you teach obviously from a business context but also personal development skills that we we learn in the context of whether it's life coaching or therapy or brain health coaching whatever it whatever it is right for you is getting the right skills to not only allow your brain and your mindset to work, but to, to get the best, best out of it. I'd love to dive into your story because I know that you have a really interesting one that really affected you for, for much of your life. Could you take us back to your early childhood, if, if you will, and, and, and tell us uh, how your childhood evolved and, and, where what happened and where it led to yeah uh, the, the time that you are uh, talking right now is when i was i believe i was seven years old uh -huh. uh, and we were traveling with my parents uh, with and my cousins and it was a big family trip and everybody was happy everything was fine i am from guatemala and we were uh, traveling to orlando and we were like going to disney park and and like all these places and knowing new places and we were like everything was amazing and one day uh, my parents realized that there was a, a storm uh, uh, in atlanta uh, a snowstorm uh -huh. and we didn't because in guatemala there is no snow well right now with the changes on the weather there is some places that sometimes it can fall a little bit of uh, snow, but not that much. Yeah. Uh, so for us, we're like, wow, there is some snow there. Let's go there and let's find and play with the <laughs> snow and let, let's just understand what is that. And and we were traveling with, with two cars. And and one day I decided, uh, well, they decided, let's go together. Let's go to, to Atlanta from Orlando. It's going to be a maybe five, six hours uh, trip. I'm not sure. I don't remember. 
uh, but uh, we left and everything was fine. But I remember very clearly that I was uh, fighting with my parents and I was with in his car, in their car, like, and, and going there. And suddenly they stopped in the freeway in a place just to go to get some food and go to a bathroom. And, mm -hmm. and I decided, no, I don't need to go there. I, I can stay here at the car. And, and they were like, no, but you have to come. No, it's OK. I, I can stay here. I don't want to go with you because I was mad. I was like angry about I don't know what, but I yeah. was angry about something. And they say, okay, if you want to stay there, it's okay. And and now that I am a father, I understand completely when they are like this, they're like, okay, I have one minute of peace, you know, like, <laughs> but <laughs> but the reality is that you don't know what they are going to do. And I, no, was, you I was there uh, at the car and like three minutes later, I was like, I need to go to, to the bathroom. I need to pee. And I went down from the car and I went to the bathroom and I... I went to the bathroom and I went, when I came back, uh, there was nobody, nobody there. And I was wow. like, what happened here? And, and nobody was there. Like, and... They didn't, probably didn't realize that you'd left the car. Did they just assume you were still in there? Or do you know what, what the... What they thought is because we were traveling in two cars, they thought that I was so mad that I moved to the other one in order to wow. not, not be with them. And they, the other, the, my uncle was thinking that I was in the other one. So they were like, okay, it's okay, let's go. And they went. And I stayed wow. at the place. And of course, I started to cry. I was a seven-year-old kid, uh, yeah. not understanding what was happening. Uh, and I stayed there for for uh, maybe three or four hours. And I know that about that because every hour I had a a policeman coming to to the place and asking me, okay, tell me more details about your uh, parents, uh, how I can reach them. And mm -hmm. one little detail that uh, I have to remember uh, here is because I am coming from Guatemala, I know some words in English, but not really. I can but speak really many. English. Exactly. <laughs> I I wasn't really, my language was Spanish there. It was not something that, that I was like, learning right now i know that i am trying that my kids are learning from three years old already to speak english and uh, yeah. even another language but at that moment like nothing so i was like yes car gray uh, big <laughs> and just trying to say some words of the thing that i was thinking uh, and they were like every time that i was they were with me they were asking me okay i need to take you to the police station because you can stay here. And I was like, no, they are going to come here. I have to wait. I have to wait. They are going to come here. I, yeah. They don't They don't leave me. They are going to come. But at the, maybe at the last, I don't know if it was the third one or, or the fourth one that came, uh, they told me, okay, I'm sorry, but we have to leave. We have to go to the police station. You can stay here. You can stay in a bathroom <laughs> waiting for yeah. them. Uh, so they took me to the station. But they don't didn't took me to the station in Orlando, but they took me to a station in Miami. So imagine oh. that it's another two hours or three hours more to the south. Uh, and when I got there, they decided like, okay, there was a a lady that was thinking that it was a Colombian that she know very well how to speak Spanish. And she was like, oh, you are a cutie. I want to adopt you. You are amazing directly. And I was like, adopt me? How, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. They, they were already thinking that my parents like leave me there, that that was something that was happening wow. uh, at that moment. And I was like, no, 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 they didn't leave me. They forgot something. And I was, but at the end, I remember that I, I, I think that I cried that day like crazy the whole day. Uh, wow. I, I saw my parents until 11 p.m. And that started to happen maybe at 9 a.m. So it was it's pretty between, much a whole 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 day. It was pra practically like yeah more than 12 hours, like yeah 14 hours, something like that, that I was missing. Yeah, uh, and that's hugely traumatic. I just want to go into the trauma there because obviously you had the trauma of your parents leaving, <laughs> then you had the trauma of the police coming every 
every hour rather than somebody staying with you and providing that consistency in terms of guidance you know them i don't i can't quite understand why they would go and come back doesn't really because make because they are supposed to have like a, a trip they go like in rounds the police goes in rounds and, yeah and they they can stay there because they have to continue going to other places yeah. And then the next round comes every hour. Yeah. So it, it, even so, you know, from your from a child's perspective, yeah. hugely traumatic because you didn't have that consistency of care, uh, exactly. uh, you know, as a replacement carer in the interim. And then obviously your third layer of trauma was the drive, two hours probably in the opposite direction, I imagine. Uh, no more. And to a yeah, maybe two, two and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> To a different place to where you were actually in which yeah. is a big shift because you would you would have the fear factor of where are they taking me yeah. and then and then fourthly is that lady at the station then saying um i'm going to adopt you no and, and really if i tell you right now <laughs> i even remember her face and i think of her like she she's a witch you know like yeah Directly, like I, I can imagine her hair like crazy, and, yeah. and and I just think like like a witch from any movie that I can see, it was her, like exactly like her. Maybe yeah. she was completely different, but that is the imagine the image that I have right now of her. Yeah, yeah, and, and completely understandable because you would build her her the whole tone of her voice and the way she behaved based on characters that you probably heard in a storybook. Yeah. From your from your parents, and so you would have associated her to the closest character yeah. that you were familiar with, and based on your fear factor, totally understandable that you know that was a that was a witch. And I think you know it. We've often, and obviously for yourself, it's not the case, but we often downplay, don't we, the trauma that children experience. Mm. And and for you, it was a you know a, a near twelve hour. 10 hour separation from your parents and we we often downplay it and 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 sort of say oh no they they'll, they'll you know they'll get over it it'll be okay you know they're young don't don't worry about it it's easy to downplay the experience but actually it, it's the converse is kids who are very young um have very, very malleable minds and so the tra trauma takes root very early on in their mind, like a trauma tree. You had four four or five branches of the trauma uh, that then took root mm. <laughs> um, in the ground of your mind. Uh, and anything associated with any of those experiences, I imagine, probably triggered you later on in your in your life. And did you find that to be the case? I thought that really I, it's what, what you are saying. Sometimes you don't think that that affects you as you think uh, until you are in the adulthood thinking that like everything is fine and you are still like thinking like they are going to abandon you or uh, the people that is caring about you, maybe they are going to abandon you in any moment. Uh, so, and I... Maybe because my parents, I know, for example, my mother has been, well, both my father and my mother has been very cautious about me and they are always taking mm -hmm. care of me. They, I didn't have that thinking that uh, they really wanted to leave me there. Mm -hmm. But uh, even a few months ago, when I was doing some work uh, in myself, like trying to see what were the things that were affecting me, uh, from the past, I realized that I still had that little kid afraid, you know, mm -hmm. inside of me. And I was thinking, like, what is happening here? I, I am supposed, I am even talking about this experience like something natural and that happened to me and and that I know what, what, is, what that means uh, to others. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that I still have that uh, little kid crying inside of me. Yeah. That, and really... Another thing that I can remember maybe here quickly is uh, when I was uh, even maybe in my 20s and I started to go to different ways of connecting with God and trying to, to connect uh, 
with myself and trying to understand with myself, I I remember very clearly that that I didn't remember when I started to do that. I didn't remember when was the last time that I really cried, and maybe that wow. last time was when I was seven years old. And and that's that means that maybe after that I I got more than fifteen to twenty years without any crying. Wow, Just that's really significant. Exactly. Wow, that's really significant because we we often turn that emotion off, don't we? Exactly. As children, if it's not serving us or if it creates a fit, you know, creates a situation that puts us at at, at risk, um, you know, we feel threatened. Um, if if we are, you know, of, often it comes out with crying results in a in an abuse. Um, that's often where the where the you know people stop crying, they shut down because actually they know they're going to get hurt more but mm. but i imagine it, it, it you had to shut it down to protect yourself perhaps even from the witch yeah exactly <laughs> that was in your mind and at the end was two different uh, like pains that i had one was the abandonment and the other one yeah. was this this witch for me and i yeah. had to work both things like separately like yeah. one is okay talking about my parents and another thing that i remember later is that I was even for example when one time that I broke my arm, my parents were like, "Okay, I want we want to carry you and and we want to give you a kiss of that everything is going to be fine." And I was like, "No, no kisses. I I don't like kisses." And and I was like for more than another ten or fifteen years not accepting any like affects or hugs or because I was like, "No, I don't need them." I I know that you love me and that's it. You just yeah. have to tell me, but I don't want to feel it, you know? Yeah. Wow. And, and you know, your experience, I, I remember once um, when I was a teenager, um, I was coming back from a holiday um, and all the parents, um, a kayaking expedition as a, as a young teen, and all the parents came to pick up their children and my parents didn't turn up. They got the wrong day. Um, and this was in the year of before telephones, uh, you know, mobile phones. And um, I had to get somebody to take me to the street where I lived and drop me outside a neighbor's house. And I sat on the lawn of their house until my parents came back from their shopping trip. And that was, you know, it wasn't as long as, as you. And obviously I was a lot older, but it was hugely uh, made me really angry <laughs> that they forgot about me, um, you know, that experience and that feeling of just being left um, and, and abandoned uh, completely unintentionally, um, but, but nevertheless it happened, um, was, was quite upsetting. And obviously the, the younger you are, the more impactful it is because you're more reliant on your parents yeah. Um, in terms of your security and protection, if that's what they're offering you, and if they're not, then then obviously you 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 have dish, dif, different traumas. Yes, and you disconnect. Something that I learned is that you disconnect parts of your own being just to try to survive that that thing that happened to you, and that was yeah. exactly what happened to me. I disconnect like part of my emotions and how mm -hmm. I can deal with the emotions, like. I can be successful and I really was successful in a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that I did. I, I was one of the best students in all my career, uh, but I didn't want any hug or anybody like trying to give me some affection. And I was like, wow. that was something that was stopping me. And I needed to work on that area also. Mm -hmm. Like that is really an important part of who we are. It is really, and, and especially in the context of um, feeling safe and that emotional regulation, um, particularly for children, is is human touch is absolutely essential to to facilitate emotional regulation when it's done when it's appropriate, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you you not only didn't you know you blocked it and didn't have it um must have been hugely difficult for you and later on in life because you didn't have the emotional regulation yeah. that we would typically have developed through that 
physical contact that we need, you know, in terms of we, we talk about it also in the context of, of child's play is children need that rough and tumble physical contact too to help them learn how to emotionally regulate themselves better. And you wouldn't have had that from a nurturing uh, perspective too. How did that um, affect you in later on in life in terms of your relationships? I couldn't have a relationship with a girlfriend or trying to have a, wow. a girlfriend with me. Like I was like, I don't want them to reject me. I don't want also to feel the same affection. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I want to be with a woman. But I was in that, like in my mind, I didn't like understand what, what was happening, that I wanted mm -hmm. to be with someone, but at the same, I don't want them to give me all their affection. So mm -hmm. I, I had that uh, struggle inside of me mm -hmm. and that created like, I didn't want to connect with anybody. My, mm -hmm. I believe that the first, the first one that I had was at the age of 24 or 25th, something mm -hmm. like that. And before that, I was like, I, I really don't want anybody. Mm -hmm. And really, even after having that, I had a lot of struggles to really keep, a, keep that relationship. I, mm -hmm. I can stay for three months, six months, but not more than that. And, and I am like, okay, no, I am the problem here. So don't worry about me. It's my problem. I don't know what is happening. Goodbye. And, wow. and it was like that. And I was like, okay, I, I like you. I love you, but I can be with you. I don't know what is happening, but I, I have something. So you that couldn't have that physical contact and that. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And as you know, I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, I don't think you're alone in that context, particularly people who, have had to disconnect, you know, from a physical touch because of past childhood trauma is it can be very damaging for a relationship level yeah. uh, in, you know, in having that, that deep connection physically, because the physical, the deep connection physically uh, activates emotional connection as well, yeah. because of our hormones, uh, and, and how everything works within our, you know, our, uh, our, hormonal regulation is is activated through physical contact so yeah wow and um when did you when were you able to 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 work on it and to to unravel it or how long did it take you before you were able to do that i think it was for me it was a process it was not something that was like uh -huh. simple and and i can tell you exactly at this moment i fix everything Mm -hmm. I know that I have a, a wife and I have a, two beautiful kids right now. I, I am enjoying them. But for example, the last part that I needed to fix about that little kid it happened a few months ago. Wow. Uh, and I was exactly with a coach that she she understood a lot how to do a, like the how to go deep inside of you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had that moment where I started to see that little kid in front of me, like I was uh, visualizing. And when I was doing that, uh, what happened is he asked me, okay, what are you going to do with that kid? Do you see him? And I, I was looking at that little mm -hmm. kid in a, in a field that he was alone, completely alone. And, and the first reaction for me was what I would like to do with my kid. So I, I, I run to him and I, I give him a, a big hug. I was not even telling anything. It's like, I don't need to tell you anything. Just this hug is going to fix everything. Yeah. And, and that is exactly what happened at that moment with me. Like I did that hug to that little kid and he started to cry again. And yeah. like, finally, I feel like I was complete again. Wow. And you know that the, the process that you describe is so important from a therapeutic perspective. I do that a lot with... Uh, my clients who go through the coaching that I do is to help people visualize um, them, themselves as a, as a young child and, and to give the child the support that they didn't have mm. at the time that the, the trauma took place. And it can be hugely impactful, although people may, you know, who haven't experienced it, um, that, that particular style of therapy or coaching um may may find it hard to understand but actually it's hugely impactful when you go back in time um and you and you help your younger self in whatever way is appropriate and and obviously for you um the help that that younger self needed your child self 
was to ha have a hug um yeah. and to and to feel safe again and and that can really shift your mindset hugely yeah what was oh, the shift that you really noticed once once you were able to to do that for yourself even my connection with my kids changed with my wife wow. changed uh, the connection with my customers the people that i'm working with changed also the people that around me at the end i i started to be more me I am yeah. always trying to be like honest as honest as I can. Yeah. Uh, but it was feeling like something was missing, you know, like you want to give yourself uh, uh, completely, but you can't completely. Something is in the middle, like you can do something. Uh, as, as I was telling you, like, okay, trying to do. And it's very funny because my my big boy, uh, the the first thing that he asks you all the time is, I want a hug, you know? And 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 at the end maybe that was part of of the process of life telling me okay this is the way you need to fix like you need to start to like hugs because that is something that is going to change your game yeah so and i i think that that changed a lot it has changed me also in the way i am connecting with prospects you know not saying like okay you are another person that i'm going to coach but I know you, I can connect with you and I can feel what you are feeling. So yeah. that part started to, to change and started to happen to me. And did you, when did you, obviously you noticed that you hadn't been crying. Have you, since you've been having the support and the therapy and the coaching, have you been able to to cry again or is that? No, that, that already changed uh, for a while. Depends what, if it's something very emotional for me, yes, I, uh -huh. I cry. I oh, that's wonderful. That. Yeah, and and I know that helped me a lot to right, yeah. wow, to to release those emotions and and that yeah. is really important. Yeah, and you know I think you know I talked about this with another guest on the show is that we often see crying as a as a as something that we we ought to you know stop crying <laughs> um, because it's not serving us, but actually it really does serve us. And it, and I always sort of say it's okay to cry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um because being a crybaby is really helpful and actually it's it's allowing ourselves to ride the wave and to release all the cortisol and the unhelpful hormones that we've built up inside from an emotional you know from that emotion that we are holding on to is is releasing that emotion like a wave and just riding it out with with the tears and allowing that and those floods to flow which is like letting yourself ride the wave and uh, and getting that release that's so necessary yes and i'm really pleased you've been been able to to do that again for yourself because as you said it's such such an important aspect of emotional regulation i'd love to transition to the fun facts now um because we've been talking a lot about emotions and and emotions is the first pillar of of um, brain health for me which is all around our feelings yeah. So the fun facts is fact stands for feelings, actions, connections, thoughts, and surroundings. And that's the five pillars of brain health that I like to coach my clients with. So let's dive into feelings first. Is what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? The funniest one. <laughs> um Almost uh, embarrassing if you want to go with that. No, it's like the problem with when you ask something like that, you start to think like, okay, I have a lot of fun things, but funniest is like, is that the funniest? Suddenly you are <laughs> stop overthinking. But one thing that happened, for example, just quickly, I don't want to overthink this, but that last last Friday, I decided to do something different. Uh, here in Mexico, they are they celebrated the children's day oh. uh, and and they asked so, for some parents uh, to to help with creating a different day for the kids and at the school and i decided with my wife to to do it i i was going to apart uh, the whole morning to be with them uh -huh. and they told us uh, that that we were going to 
to represent one country and we needed to be representing that country the way we want we don't have they didn't put like okay this is the thing that you need to do yeah. it was like okay you can do whatever you want but you need to teach them something about that country and for us was new zealand and okay i have been in new zealand but i i was not thinking like okay new zealand how how you do you represent new zealand and <laughs> and the leader of the group decided like okay you know i i know that uh, from new zealand are the all all blacks and uh -huh. they are doing a haka and that's a way of of doing a, a something different so i would love to do hakas and i was like oh you know the first thing is that i have to left fit so <laughs> I don't, even when I am a Latino, I can really like dance. <laughs> and they were telling me I have to be, to do a dance. And I was like, okay, I can be a follower. I am not going to be in front, like taking lead <laughs> of the of this. But if you want, I can be like just doing a lot of noise behind and, and just trying. Uh, so that was my idea. But even the the week before i was the whole week like thinking what was the excuse that i could have to not <laughs> be there you know on, on friday <laughs> until i decided let's do it i don't know why i'm looking for excuses i'm going to be there and i'm going to have fun and that's it i did it and i and when we started at the beginning of the day like at 8 a.m they decided okay let's represent first how with the haka to all the children and we are going to be in front of them doing it by ourselves and then we are going to teach them how to do it uh -huh. and alejandro you are going to be the first you're going to be in the front <laughs> and i was like no i was thinking that i was going to be in the back so alejandro you're in the front we are going to put here 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 and and they decided how was everything and the whole day we were presenting the hack and and we were so for me it was funny really a lot of fun i also overcome a lot of issues that I have from the past <laughs> uh, that I didn't, I ever in my life thought that I was going to do something similar. <laughs> and and we were thinking like, okay, at the beginning, it's like only to the kids of like 20 kids that we were going to be sh sharing that. But the school was so amazed about our haka that they decided like, okay, you know, we want, I know that children are going to different countries, not all the countries, but some of them. Yeah. But we want you to represent the haka to all children. So oh. suddenly we had the haka, we were uh, doing the dancing and I was in the front of this, of that, <laughs> doing my haka and in front of more than 300 children. So it was, it was interesting. Very wow. Interesting. And do you know, I think that's a really great example of letting go of, you know, the past reservations, past you know negative self-talk and yeah and just being okay with showing up as who you are uh, and i was the whole weekend happy like okay this was amazing i did it i i was the first person that well wow i did it this is amazing yeah and do you know kids don't as long as you role model a positive outlook you know when you take part it's not about winning or being perfect in life it's about participating um, no, and you and know my kid, my kid. When I get to the to the house, my it was here my mother-in-law, and and she told me, see at uh, uh, his face. Uh, Daniel has the face as never in his life has been so happy. Like coming from school, so proud and so happy that his parents were were there and they were showing up and they were showing yeah. everybody how to do this. So it really make an impact on yeah. him. And what a difference it would have made if you'd kind of found that excuse exactly, <laughs> and not participated, you know, having that participation and, uh, uh, and showing up for your kids is, is so in whatever, you know, even if you've got two left feet or two right feet, yeah, exactly. they don't care. <laughs> the no, they don't care. Were they were happy. Them. And we were even getting out of the school and every kid that I was finding in the, in the way, on my way going out, they were like doing the faces of the hacker and trying to everything <laughs> like they were feeling that I was with them. You know, <laughs> it was that's, nice. That's brilliant. I love you sharing that story. That's so impactful. Uh, the second one is actions. Is what's the most rewarding or, or fulfilling thing you've ever done? 
Well, this one that I told you, that was very fulfilling. Uh, I am working, I, I think that working in myself uh, mm -hmm. is very fulfilling. It's like understanding, I know that understanding what is coaching and why you need coaching is difficult really uh, for people. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, why I'm going to pay somebody to ask me some questions, why that is uh, important. But there is a lot of questions that I help my the, my coaches, the people that I'm coaching okay. uh, to succeed. But even myself, I am not willing sometimes to do those questions to myself. That's why yeah. I need another coach to, to help me with that. So for me, that is very fulfilling, like to understand how my mind works, how I am also even putting limits and I am trying to to fool myself like this is the reason I am not doing this so for me doing coaching and being coach is very fulfilling both things mm. and uh, thank you for sharing that. I just think it's so important to to have somebody who's on your side and by your side even when you're not there for yourself because often we can fail ourselves can't we and it's knowing that somebody's not going to allow you to do that on your journey and that they're going to help you excel uh, rather than be at the same level and really propel you to that next level. It's like getting somebody, you know, sometimes we can, we want to go from A to B as an individual, but actually when you get a coach, you can not only just go from A to B, but you can go from A to Z or A to Z yeah. <laughs> in the same time frame as it would take you personally for, to go from A to B. So it's really important that, getting a coach and I personally didn't realize the power of coaching until I I got it myself it's exactly imagine the the story that I told you about that little kid of seven years old he I took more than maybe 30 years of yeah really to fix that little kid so it's that is that is really important at the end yeah. it's like that is going to be mo much quicker if you start to have somebody asking you and really That's if really I didn't great. have that that a uh, coach that helped me to visualize again and to start to see that moment and start to see why I, I was still thinking about that moment, I could maybe even continue having that the same connection issue. Yeah. Yeah. And look at the difference it's made to you both personally and from a business perspective is being able to unchain that pain and that, 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 you know, help that child Who's, who was stuck in that state of not feeling that they were uh, loved or, or protected or nurtured and being able to make them feel whole again and yeah. feel loved again is so important. And we all have a, we all have a, that little child still exists inside of us in, in some way or another, um, but it's understanding where that child is and, and understanding how we can help them become the adult we are because we all have a little child inside our mind and it is making sure that they're, they're happy and, uh, and cared for uh, and have, have been able to heal from any pain that they experienced in their childhood because it can manifest in so many different ways, can't it, as you've exper experienced yourself yes. uh, and show up in our adult life in ways we don't even potentially understand especially if the trauma is very early because we don't have the language to express yes uh, the trauma that we experienced no, and affects every everybody at the end i have seen different even a, it could be a very little or very big it doesn't matter for you were yeah. big the issue was big and and that is enough to be like looking for help and looking for somebody that you can connect and that is some also something important you yeah. need to feel the connection with the, the coach or the person that you want to connect mm -hmm. if you don't mm -hmm. feel that connection you are not going to work exactly or you are going not to share exactly what you are going through because you don't feel safe exactly. you know well, ultimately when you are working on yourself as whether you're going to a coach or a therapist you have to feel safe with that person and this is a you know message to everyone if if when you if you get a coach or a therapist and they don't make you feel safe when you're talking to them 
they're not the right person for exactly. you. You're not the one that's at fault. They've not created the right safe environment for you to show up in your pajamas or your boxer shorts exactly. and be happy to be just yes. that vulnerable you and and do that deep work. So it's really important to find the right coach or the right therapist exactly. that will serve you. Great. So I'd love to dive into connection because I know we've talked a bit about this in terms of the, the need for physical connection. Um, I'm going to pick one. Uh, connect. I'm going to pick connection to others because it's been a, a you know a really important theme. Who who has been your role model in your life? I think that my mom has been for a long time. Oh. Uh, Sometimes I have a program that is called Believe in Yourself, Believe in Your Business. Uh -huh. uh, and, and the reason, and even I am writing a book about that, and the, one of the reasons is that belief that she had on me all, all my life, even when I was doing something wrong or maybe I was not that uh, teenager that was like doing everything that she wanted, she was yeah. like, no, but I really believe in you. I really believe in you. And for me, that that created a very cool uh, model to understand, like, how to even connect with my kids, how I can, I need to help them, how I need to be with, for them all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that for me was a, a really good role model. Yeah. Do you know, my dad was that for me, is, is, is that parental role model is, he would, he would, he absolutely had the hundred percent belief in me. He'd help me out in whatever way he could, and it's so important whether it's a parent or a grandparent or you know someone within your community is to find the right a role model that you can aspire to be or that that gives you the guides and and the examples as to how you how you personally want to show up is really important really important thank you for sharing that i'd love to dive into thoughts now what stupid or crazy thought <laughs> have you often told yourself in the past that isn't true that i'm not not enough oh. thinking that i'm not enough and i i i was always looking for something else uh, and I had uh, an MBA and then a master's degree in finance. And I continued doing certifications in this, certification in wow. this, and doing like a lot of things. And I was always thinking I am not enough. And I, when I started my entrepreneurship, I started like, okay, I'm now I have to do it by myself. What yeah. is happening here? And the thing that I started to do automatically is looking for partners to be working together. And suddenly, uh -huh. okay, we are the three of us. It's not only me. So I am selling the three of us because I am not enough, you know? Mm -hmm. So working uh, on that area on myself, like, that I am good enough and I am very good. <laughs> not Just good as you are. <laughs> as, as I am. And I don't need anybody else really uh, to explode everything that I am and how I can connect with others. So I, I believe that is the biggest lie mm -hmm. that I have been telling to myself. Yeah. Do you know when that lie started for you? Can you remember back to a time where, where you felt that you weren't enough? I don't remember, but I, I think that all my childhood, I was always thinking like that. Uh -huh. uh, in my family, at the, at the end, we were always like perfectionists, like trying to be perfect, trying to mm -hmm. be this boy that is always in the first three great uh, places, uh, mm -hmm. top places of, of the class, uh, that I was doing everything. And if I, one way of me not not being there was just trying to tell my my parents, like, I, I can decide even if I don't want to be there because I don't want to and not because you want me to be that excellent or best student, mm -hmm. I am going to be there. So I was always thinking like that. And mm -hmm. and sometimes that happens also when you are the first boy. Uh, yeah. You are, like, reaching and reaching and reaching. And suddenly you are happy that everybody is applauding every time that you reach something. It's like okay, I did it, but I need that is not enough. I need another one because I mm -hmm. that already passed. I need to look for the next one, and you don't even enjoy and, and are happy with the thing that you have mm -hmm. right now. 
everything that you have accomplished. For example, my MBA was in Spain. My master in finance was in Hong Kong. And I was thinking even that it's not enough. I need to mm. go and look. For and how many else. siblings do you have? I have three Three siblings. Yeah. yeah. And you know that that often what can happen is the eldest loses the attention of the parent um, as part of the, you know, new new kids coming into the household. Exactly. And so they feel they need to do more to get the attention. And exactly. so that you grow up with this, I'm not enough. I, in order for me to get attention from my my parents, I need to excel more and then they'll they'll give me their time. And they'll give me the the attention that I crave, whereas the reality is it's not. You know that's not necessarily the case at all. It's just the fact that they've had to divide their time across across four children, and you started with all of their time, and now suddenly you only end up with a quarter of their time, yes. and that's that's where the not enough can often um, initiate from. Yes, exactly. Mm, mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, finally, on the surroundings, which is the last pillar of brain health, because our surroundings hugely influence our brain development. As you know, uh, you know, as a child, in the terms of that physical separation from from your parents, um, what is for you the most beautiful place you've ever visited, and what makes it so special? I love going to to Africa. Ah, oh, I've and never I, been there. <laughs> I, I was there the first time that I I wanted to do something different, uh -huh. uh, and and I decided like I want to be the. I was thinking that I wanted to be the like the explorer that I wasn't. I that I didn't. I wasn't the explorer that I wanted in, in my childhood. So uh -huh. I, I did that. Uh, and a few years later, I could do the same with my wife to take it wow. as, a, as a, a wedding gift for us. And, and it was amazing, really, for me, being connected with nature and even looking how is the behavior of the animals. Uh, yeah you can connect completely different with yourself start to yeah. feel that you are different uh, so you can start to connect with different animals suddenly you realize i realized that for me lions are i you can show me all the animals but for me a lion is completely different or an wow. eagle for example that's for me it's something different what uh, what makes the lion so i'm really curious what makes the lion so different for you to un to un to other animals i connect with them because they show so much strength they are uh -huh. like and they don't need to be showing it's like they are just walking and all the animals start to run uh -huh. uh, just because they are there uh -huh. and, and they can be like lazy taking care of something for example i saw one case when they were eating a, a giraffe uh-huh uh, and there was a lot of uh, hyenas and a lot of other animals trying to get some meat of that uh, giraffe. And I went there like three times, uh, just three days, different days, yeah. trying to see what was happening. And each time that a, a hyena get close, maybe like 30 or 40 meters from the, from the uh, giraffe, and uh, a lion just stand up, start to walk, and the hyenas were like running like crazy, like <laughs> two miles away, you know? Because they could be the next dinner. Exactly. So they are like, I am not fooling with you. I am not going to be messing with you. So that power, when you know who you are uh, and yeah. you know what you can do, that's what I see in a, in a lion. So for me, it's like, what? that's exactly who I am. It's like, yeah. I want to be like that. Yeah, I do you know. Thank you for sharing. That. I love that analogy and the fact that you know they can just show up as who they are and they have that confidence that just standing tall and standing proud is is enough. Exactly, and, <laughs> and it doesn't matter that they have proud. some scars and they because of the everything that they have done, but they are like, I am here and and I am the king of the 
the world, you know, like walking like that with that confidence. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. Alejandro, this show is all about brain health and unchaining your pain. What one piece of advice would you give to anyone who has experienced a childhood trauma such as yourself and they they feel that they're kind of stuck in in this chart this child is stuck inside their mind and needing help and support um to to break free of the chains that are holding them back from you stepping into your self as a as an adult as a whole adult what one piece of advice would you give to anyone who's in that if if you are feeling that something is missing you are feeling that something happened you know maybe you don't know or you know that what is exactly what happened to you i know and i know that we are almost at the end of the show but for example for me i also had another that i am not going to explain right now but in my case another a problem with my father that Uh i that he didn't like teach me a lot of the things that I that he was supposed to teach me as a child. Uh-huh. I started to find that other people did that work, not him, uh-huh. because he was working all the time. Yeah. Uh, suddenly for me, I was like, okay, my father has been amazing all the time. But for me, realizing that he didn't do that to me, it was like having a, a cut, a very fine cut in my in my leg that I couldn't see, but at the end, it was a drop of blood going out and going out every little second. Yeah. Uh, so I was walking like, I don't know why I don't have the strength and I don't have the energy that I am supposed to have. And what was happening is what, that little drop was like continuously uh, going out. So if you have that inside of you, you need to look for help. And there is people like us that we are really yeah. happy to help you. Uh, yeah. Dr. Ruth, myself, uh, mm-hmm. and you have to find somebody that you really connect and you feel like, yes, I can tell you even the dirty secrets because you feel safe, you know? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I love the cut analogy because so often, you know, it's easy to put a plaster, isn't it, over a wound when we can physically see it and that allows it to heal up quickly. Um, but we don't pay attention to the wounds inside our mind and that that slow drip bleeding when all they need is a little suture <laughs> yeah to help it seal up and, and the intervention can be depending on the extent of the cut can be quite quick or it might take a you know a few sessions yeah um or several sessions to get through but the important thing is to is to get it seen to and to to get that cut tended to um yeah. so that it's got the opportunity to heal Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Alejandro, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure talking to you and, and listening to your wonderful stories and your experience of coaching and how you've been able um, to heal from your from your childhood traumas. How can people uh, get hold of you to learn more about your business and what you do? We have the different things. You can connect with, uh, with me directly to work uh, in a coaching environment, I work really in the high performance side uh, and neuro encoding. Uh-huh. I am more in the software side, even when I know everything that you are doing with the uh-huh. brain health, I am not focusing on that area. Uh, so you can connect with me in LinkedIn and write to me directly. Uh, it's Alejandro Bratti uh, as I am here and LinkedIn slash I N Bratti. Or uh, you can go to businessbelieve.com. That is uh, my page uh, where we are creating different uh, programs every month uh, that we we are helping people. If you are struggling with uh, marketing, you are struggling with other stuff, we we are Mm -hmm. going to help you with that. And everything starts with your mindset. If you don't work with your mindset, (laughs) it doesn't work. It doesn't matter that you... Exactly. It doesn't matter that you have the best strategies helping you. At the end, you really need to have to work with your mindset first. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Alejandro, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you uh, for being on my show. And remember, everyone, this show is all about brain health, unchaining your pain. You're not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better. And Alejandro has has really shown us how through his wonderful story. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you, Ruth. It was amazing. (laughs)
<laughs> Thank you. This broadcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.